Beautiful song, isn't it? And uh, to pre- prepare our hearts uh, for God's word. And, uh, and this week we're, we're starting, uh, go, following on from last week, where Alan talked from Hebrews chapter 1. And Hebrews chapter 1 is about God, about Jesus being greater than the angels. And then it comes into Hebrews chapter 2, and there's a warning, and it talks about how drifting is dangerous. I just want you to think, think of someone, or maybe yourself, uh, someone, either someone who is right now drifted away from Jesus, so they knew Jesus, they loved Jesus, they followed him, but now we're in a different place, or maybe yourself, maybe you were in a place where you knew him, you loved him, but then you walked away for a short, uh, a long, or a considerable amount of time, and now you're back. And think of, why did you or that person drift away? Why did you or that person drift away? I, I read somewhere that says about almost like there's three main reasons why people drift away. It's like to do with the devil, the world, or the flesh. And I kind of thought almost like trauma, busyness, and self. Like I know someone who, even in Thornhill Church, uh, Thornhill School, they were part of another church in England, and the, the husband had an affair with someone in the congregation. And, like, it just kind of ripped the church apart. And, like, that trauma, now that person up there, that, their, their idea of now of church is, I don't want anything to do with the wider church, because that brings trauma. That brings pain, and so I want to protect my kids from that. And the devil has used that horrible situation to split the church and to take people away from them as well. Or busyness. Like, the world it offers lots of things, doesn't it? Like, money, wealth, happiness, all these things. And busyness can get in, get in the way. Uh, and without people even realizing it, just they get caught up in the rack race, caught up in what the world offers. And the busyness just takes them away from the Lord, doesn't it? It just takes them away without knowing. And they, they can fall into a rut. And it kind of just takes people away from Jesus uh, and, and without within a few months or, or past past year like they're nowhere and it's like as if like it just happened gradually or then also just self just like following Jesus is a privilege and taking these things uh, is easy in one sense but also he asks us to deny ourselves and follow him isn't he like to, to give up ourselves and to follow him and, and so sometimes, I don't know you, well, actually, you know, sometimes, every day, myself gets in the way of that. Like, I want to kind of do my own thing or please myself or, or kind of go, go after my own dreams, my own desires. And self comes in the way and just, even just like your self-desires, your self-interests, like even being in a bad relationship, which feels really, really good or really right, can, can take you away from Jesus or being in a bad friendship that is not honoring him can just kind of take you away. And I wrote, I wrote there as well, like unbelief or divorce. Because if you think of the person that you're thinking of right now, or maybe yourself who kind of walked away, I'd almost say the least reason people walk away is unbelief, ironically. From my experience, anyway, the least reason they walk away is unbelief. But some people get to that stage where, like, like, oh, no, it was all rubbish. Like, oh, I, nev- I never loved Jesus. 
I like it was never true. It was just all rubbish. Almost like when someone's divorced, and they kind of think, "Oh, I never loved that person," or it was never real, or it was just all a mistake. Nothing really happened. Where the reality is, that's not true, is it? That isn't true. People, unless you're in a forced marriage, people get married because they love that person. They think they're going to be with that person for the rest of their life. Divorce is the last thing they want to do. And yet for some people, they follow Jesus and they kind of, they really know him, but they go further away from him. And then they try to bring in this unbelief where, from my experience, a lot of people, even, they, even though they try to do it that way, like you knew and you, they knew and you knew that they really did love Jesus. But it's almost, they've got to a place where they try to like numb him out as much as they possibly can. And so today we're looking at that, about how drifting is dangerous. And, uh, and it comes from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. If you have your Bibles, you can, but the verses are going to be on screen. So like Alan looked at all, all Hebrews chapter 1 last week, Hebrews chapter 2 starts with this, starts with a warning. And it says this, it says... We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us, by those who heard him. And God testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. And so like the, the chapter one explains how Jesus is greater than Jesus uh, than the angels, and then chapter two starts with this warning. Okay, that's great, but like this is a warning. Like, sit up, get this, recognize what's happening here. And it starts with this warning about, about uh, listening to what we have heard. Like Alan shared last week, that these people, these, these this Hebrew people, these Jewish people who, who now follow Jesus, they had a very high, uh, high respect of angels. They believed that the, the word of God came to them through angels, and so angels were really important, really powerful, really kind of high, high view. But Alan explained to us last week that Jesus, angels are created and Jesus is the creator. So Jesus created all angels, all these messengers. Jesus is not only power, more powerful than them, he is the one who created them. And they sent messages on God's behalf, on his behalf. And so they need, they need to recognize that Jesus is greater than the angels. But then it says about this message that we've heard, and then it goes to verse 3, that this salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And Alan again shared last last week how uh, this writer was unknown, and he wasn't one of the twelve. He wasn't one of the people who were with Jesus during that time. He wasn't one of his uh, apostles or followers, but this message is not only now just been passed on by Jesus, but those who have heard them, and now this is another generation 
after us. And for us, 2023, I don't know how many generations we are now of this message being passed on to us. But they're saying, like, this is being passed on to us just as the Hebrew Old Testament is being passed on to us. We've got the Bible split in two, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And so these telling these people, remember, like, the, the same angels, the same messages that came through there, and we, uh, Kathy read from Isaiah today, even the prophets, like, this is all part of the plan, of God's plan, and Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He's the fulfillment of that, and so, and, and the Gospels confirm it, and now we're the next generation on, passing on this story, seeing that Jesus is not just kind of come in from nowhere, he fulfills all the Hebrew Old Testament prophecies, and also he was the one who created the mes- angels, messengers, to send him his word. But then also, in verse 1, it says that, that warning, like, do not drift away. Like, be careful. Listen carefully to what you first heard. Like, do not drift away. And we're going to do the hands-up game. I know, I know some of you don't like the hands-up game, but I love the hands-up game, okay? But this is just, and this isn't to embarrass anyone, to put anyone down, but this is just to show us who's in the room, okay? So put your hands up, and this isn't a prideful thing. Like, we honor God for this. We're grateful for that. If you've, if you, since you've known Jesus, you've never, like, drifted away for, like, weeks, months, or years. Like, you've, and not, that's not saying, like, you're perfect, or you haven't found diff- things difficult, or you haven't questioned, but, like, he stuck with you, and you've stuck with him. So you haven't had a time of being drifted away. Put your hands up if that's for you. Yeah? So quite a lot of people here. Put your hands up higher so people can see you. And everyone else can have a look around. Because right now I can only see you. So have a look around. Put your hands up. Okay, great. Thank you. Now put your hands up if you have a loved one, maybe in your family. I think of my cousin. So a loved one or a friend or someone very close to you who you knew loved Jesus, followed Jesus, but is now in a state where they, they, be, they have drifted away. Put your hands up if that's true for any of you. And have a look around the room, guys. Sadly, that's, that's more, more hands than the first one. But that's true for all of us, for many of us, isn't it? But if you're, if you're discouraged on that second one, then be encouraged by this. Now, put your hands up if you loved Jesus, if you followed him, but then you drifted away for months, maybe weeks, months, years, and by God's grace, like he's brought you back. Put your hands up if that's true. Now everyone look at that. Everyone look around. Especially you people put your hands up for your second one. Look around. Look around for that. That people that you think, or maybe you think, actually they've gone too far. Or they'll never come back. Look around. By God's grace, Grace with all you. I, I think of Ruth's Ruth story. Ruth, you, were, you were followed Jesus, you and your husband loved Jesus, you were part of Heath for a long... How long were you part of Heath for? Part of Heath for? About five years. About five years. And then some... Yeah. And 25 years later, Yeah. So they, they loved Jesus, they followed Jesus, they served Jesus together... Some situations or trauma came in. 25 years was further away. 
and you said um, someone you worked with, a Catholic lady who really loved the Lord, help, helped you bring, you bring you back. And you've been back for... How, yeah, and how long have you been back with the Lord for now? About 20 years. 20 years. So that 25-year gap, 20 years. And how grateful to, to the Lord for you, are you for bringing you back? Very. Yeah. But also, like, the prayer is for your husband, isn't it? Roger. And so as you guys think of that, people like Roger's in that state where he's still drifted away, and so we still pray for Ruth. But if he did it for Ruth, then he can do it for Roger, isn't it? And we pray for those people. But this is the reality of, of how we can drift away, but also by God's grace, like he can bring us back. And Father, for all those people on, on that second question that we put our hands up to, uh, and we think of them right now in a drifted place, Lord, your grace is bigger. Your love is bigger. Your patience is bigger. Lord, will you, we ask you, Lord, you did it for many of us in that stage three, Lord, who brought us back. We ask you to bring him back, Lord. We pray for Roger right now. You touch his heart. And for every other name who people share now, we pray you bring him back. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. And then it goes on then to, to verse 2. It says, For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall then we escape? if we ignore so great a salvation. And he's saying like the, the message came through angels. The Old Testament, lots of these great figures that we know from Abraham, uh, Moses, uh, all the, uh, the prophets, Elijah, a lot of their messages came through angels. And so we, Alan shared really well last week, our generation, we haven't really got, either we disbelieve in angels or we don't really know what they do. We only got high regard, but these people had a massive high regard for angels. But, but the, the writer here is saying they were just Jesus' messengers. Like, he's the one who gave them the words. Like, the, these were just his message boys, if you want to say. Like, Jesus was the creator of all of them, and they were used to send the message from Jesus. And also he talks about a warning, like, like remember our ancestors... Like, remember our ancestors, how they disobeyed and, and, and received a just punishment. The people of Israel, these people who they were part of, were in, in slavery under the Egyptians for over 400 years. And then God set them free and, and brought them through and wiped out their enemy. And the, he's going to bring them to a promised land, a, a beautiful land. And then what do they do? They make a golden calf and worship it. Like they make a golden calf and worship it because that's been part of their history for the last 400 years. You, you worship golden images of animals and they just failed and, and, and they continued to walk away from the Lord. And what did he do? He didn't just say, oh yeah, that's fine, I'll ignore that. Or, or we'll just call it quits. Like that whole generation died out. For 40 years, all those people who, who walk through the Nile. Like, imagine having that on your CV. <laughs> or, like, your life experience, isn't it? Like, we, I literally walk through a sea, a lake, and yet all those people died because they, they went away from the Lord. They didn't trust the Lord. And their children then got to see the promised land. 
And, and it, it, ma- it makes me think of a funeral. I was in a funeral this week, um, a guy who was, who was 93 years old. And I don't know you, sometimes I've been in a funeral and, and it's, it's, it's just really sad. Like there was no, you, I, the, the person I went to the funeral for, they never professed Jesus, they never believed in Jesus, uh, they never wanted anything to do with Jesus, their lives didn't show anything of Jesus. And so sadly, like our, the Bible says, for me heaven and hell is almost like with Jesus or without Jesus. That's what heaven and hell is to me. If you want to be with Jesus, you get to be with him forever. If you don't, then you will be eternally separated from him. And so sometimes, I'm sure we've all been to funerals where like, there's no hope, isn't it? Like, you go there and you think, from what I read in the Bible, like this person is eternally away from God. And that's it's so hard, isn't it, to be in there and to know that and to be there. But then this guy... He was 93 years old, and uh, uh, he, was just, he just loved Jesus. I mean, his funeral was a celebration. Like, and you could tell there was pain there. Like, his wife was sad. People were sad to see him. But you could tell, like, he was just loving where he was right now. <laughs> like, he wasn't... He did, the last place he wanted to be was down in Swansea in the rain. Like, that's the last place... He wanted to be, like, he was with the Lord, like, we loved, and like, and so it was a joy, wasn't it? Like, you'd tell, like, this is a joy, he's with Jesus, and like, it's just, like, he's with his Savior, and although there's sadness, like, he is with the one that he loves. But then sadly as well, I don't know about you, but I've been in funerals where you're like, I don't really know. (laughs) Like, there was a time where this person loved Jesus. There was a time where this person definitely went away from Jesus. And like some will say he's with him, some will say he's not. And there's a bit of a grey area, isn't there? People just walk on. And the writer is saying, like, don't live in the grey area. Like, don't let your funeral be grey. Like, don't let it be that. Don't let it be, uh, uh, people unsure. Like, don't, don't be lukewarm. Lukewarm is not good. Don't live in the grey. Like, either people know or it's a celebration. Like, don't live in the grey. And I was with my brother yesterday. Uh, my, mother, my mother had a birthday meal. And, um, uh, and just to... It's, it's more related to this part. But he said there was a woman in his, his church who had bone cancer and another cancer in the face. And she was like 85, and so, and she was on death's door as well. So they had to operate on there, and they had to operate on her right hand, which was her right in hand. So he literally he went to the hospital, and he's, he said, like, half of her face is gone away. Like, literally, like, like something from a movie, it's all gone away. So she's unrecognisable. And also, she's kind of... She hasn't got long to live anyway. And he said to her, I can't remember her name, but he said, oh, oh, how are you? And she can't speak. Like, literally, she can't speak. And now her, her hand is, her writing hand is bad, but she had a whiteboard marker. And he was writing, she was writing something, and he, her writing wasn't great, and he couldn't see it from there. And she wrote it, and then she turned around, 
And the question was, like, how are you? And the answer was, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, she's ready, isn't she? Ready to be with Jesus. May that be all of us on our deathbeds. We're like, oh, the joy of our Lord is our strength. Not a, not, like, definitely not this way, innit? But also not this grey liberal kind of ignoring our salvation let's be grateful for what we've done and then finally as well then verse 4 it says this God testified to it so like this is like almost the proof God testified to it by signs wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will I need two volunteers. One, can someone find, look at Mark sixteen twenty, and someone else look at First Corinthians fourteen twenty six? I'm going to ask you to read it out loudly. So whoever gets to Mark sixteen twenty first, maybe maybe shout bingo. No, don't shout bingo. But if you if you got that, then put your hand up, and then you can read it out loudly, and then and then First Corinthians fourteen twenty six. So it says this. God testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. He's talking about Jesus, but also about his followers. Who's got that? Who's got Mark? Who's got Mark? Come on, everyone's, everyone's, looking, everyone's looking down. <laughs> Anyone got Mark? And go on, read out loud, please, Anne. Go on, Anne. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his Amen. So he's saying here that Jesus preached powerfully, didn't he? And he healed the sick, he performed miracles. But then he sent out his disciples. He sent out his disciples to continue preaching the word, but also the signs and wonders, casting out demons, healing, followed it. Not just in Jesus' time, but also when Jesus was ascended, like we sang this morning, when he was in glory, it carried on. It carried on. And then for, so that's like the signs and wonders. And then this is talking about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit then. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Steve, at the back. What shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Amen. And so even this morning, isn't it, we've had a song, we've had a reading, we've had a hymn, which is all great, we all love that, uh, and the kids, but also the spiritual gifts don't stop there. It talks about a tongue, an interpretation, a prophecy, healing, like all these things. But it's also to say to, to do it in an orderly manner, do it in a way that honours God. You might have a gift, but you not, might not be operating in a way that honours God. And 1 Corinthians 14 talks about how to operate in these gifts. Then Mark 16 also talks about how signs, wonders, and miracles should follow the teaching of the Word. Someone said to me once, like, if you're going to preach on healing, make sure someone gets healed. <laughs> like, if you're going to preach on healing, make sure someone gets healed. Because otherwise, it's just 50%, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, but then it doesn't happen. And, so, and then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, says eagerly desire the gifts I eagerly desire the gifts and he talks about especially prophecy 
I just want to encourage us as a church, especially for people who are more mature in their faith, and maybe get into a stage like, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what my role is or what I do. Let me just encourage you, make a prayer. Pray to eagerly desire the gifts. Eagerly desire the gifts. Because I believe, I believe in the word of God that that is the only way to be saved. Amen? But also, I believe in healing signs and wonders and that God is still in the business of that. And that can flow from his word and show his glory. I'm going to say amen to that. Amen. And also, I believe in the gift of teaching, the gift of helps, the gift of hospitality. I love those gifts. But also, I believe in the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues and interpretation. And for me, if I believe in them, then I just want all of them. (laughs) I just want all of them. But I appreciate I want them done in a way that honors God. Because if you've been brought up I was brought up in a church almost too much. So all the gifts were operating, but there was kind of no orderly manner. So if you weren't there, then people would say, Look, that's not true, because they're, they're not following First Corinthians 14. They're doing all this jazz, but there's no order. Like, they're kind of like making it up as they go along, and so they question it. But other people then, if they haven't experienced in, in any of the gifts, like they're like, well, I've never seen it before, or I'm not sure. I just, I know these ones, but I don't know these. So, like, this is my default, and so, and I'm quite happy with this as well. And like, if we got a guest speaker in, let's say, with a prophecy ministry or a healing ministry, if you're from this upbringing, if you're from over here, you're and, and you're like, yeah, come on, let's go, this is great. But if you're from over here, you're you're immediately like this. Well, I'm not sure about this guy. Anyway, you're just like that. You're just immediately like that. And so, like, that's what we don't want to do. But, like, if, if we were praying right now, or if we had a time uh, of worship, and, and then Dave Morley, like, he just, for all of, all of a sudden, like, in his heart, like, during that time, and this is not like Dave, like, he wouldn't want to do this, but he just felt he needed to pray out. He just, it was a burning desire. He, he just had to do it. Like, he's never done it before. He just had to pray out. And then he prayed out in front of everyone. But also, he didn't pray in English. He prayed in a different language. And he's just like, so that, that's doubly, doubly weird then, isn't it? Like, you're not only praying out loud, but now he's praying in a different language. And so he prays that out. But then he just stops. And then maybe one myself or the elders come up and say, okay, right, guys. Let's just wait. Right, thanks, Dave, for, for being fa- faithful. Let's just wait. If nothing happens, we move on. But let's just wait. And then let's just say, like a minute later, Cathy's like, guys, this is weird because I didn't know Dave could speak Romanian. <laughs> and like, this is exactly what he just said. And I've heard stories of that. And like, do if it happens, if we get a guest speaker and things happen, we're still a bit like that, aren't we? I'm not sure of that. If it happens with people here we know, we're like, I think I believe this now. Like, because I know Dave. Like, and I know Cathy. I trust these people. Like, imagine if Anne Corrick, like, shares, like, oh, Matt, I don't know what's going on, but I've just got real desire for people 
to pray for people to get healed. And the last three people I prayed for, like they've all got healed. <laughs> like we've all like, that's amazing, isn't it? That's great. And I don't know about you, if, someone's get, if someone needs healing, I'm sending them to Anne. Because <laughs> like the Lord is doing something, isn't it? Like the Lord is doing something. Uh, and he's giving gifts. Like all of us can pray for healing. I'm not saying that. I know it's not about celebrity or anything like that. But we know Anne, don't we? Like we love Anne, and so if the Lord's using her, like we want to be a part of that. And so my prayer is not to have outside speakers or outside people to come in and do this. My prayer is, Lord, like if it's true, like let it come out of us. Like let it come out of us, so we trust one another and we love one another, and we work out these things together. So let's just have an eagerly desire. Pray that we eagerly desire. Even if we're from this camp, and we're like, I don't know about this, I'm unsure, I'm kind of, this, I'm quite happy not doing this, and the other guys over there just like, come on, let's do this, yes, yes, yes. Like, we want to do this. I, I believe in all these things. I believe in the Word of God, the only way to salvation by hearing the word of God. And so, and that's, I want to stay faithful to that. But also, I want to see people healed and miracles and signs and wonders happen. Not to have a performance, but to point people to Jesus. To show them to Jesus. To pray for people so it'll, it'll be a seed sown. But also, if the gifts are offered today, which I believe they are, I just want to be a part of a family that operates in those gifts in a way that honours God, in a way that honours like 1 Corinthians 14. So as we've heard today about drifting away, like let's not drift away, because the reality is that could happen to all of us. If you think you're bulletproof, like be careful, like that could happen to all of us. Like this time next year, there's people here who could not be might not be here because they might drift away. Let's pray that doesn't happen. Like none of us are bulletproof. If trauma comes in or temptation comes in or mistakes come in or the world tempts us, we can all drift away. Let's pray that we don't drift away. Let's not ignore this great salvation. Like let's not live in a grey area. Amen? Let's not live in a grey area like the lukewarm. Like let's not settle for that. Let's not live in the grey area. And also, let's not undesire the signs, miracles, and gifts. Like, if we believe in them, or we're unsure about them, let's, let's, let's preach the word, let's believe in the word, let's proclaim the word through song, through prayer, through preaching, through all these things. That's the only way to salvation. But also, the signs and miracles that Jesus did that were intended to point people to Jesus and the gifts that he's given to his church. We want to be faithful to the Lord, don't we? We want to be faithful to him and be a church that honours him. The guys are going to come up now and lead us in a final song to, to pray. But if, you, if you'd like prayer for anything, then please come and, come and speak to us, like as elders were here this morning, or group leaders. So if you, if you may, maybe you're in a place where you've drifted away, and like you're here, to, you're physically here today, but spiritually you're in a different place. You're in the and you're great. And you're like, man, I need prayer. Like, I need prayer. Like, if that's you, then come, come down the front. There's nothing special about the front, but I'm just saying, in the 10 minutes' time, there's going to be loads of kids here. 
and so the front is the safest place. That's all, that's all the front is, okay? So if you want prayer, prayer for that, if you're in a state of drifting, then let's pray. If, you're just, if your heart has been a bit broken this morning as a reminder of a loved one who's in a drifted place, just get someone after and say, can you put an arm around me? Can you pray with me for my husband, my child, my father, my cousin, my loved one? And if you, even if you want to do that in the song, just put an arm around someone. Because it looks like we've all got that one. <laughs> it looks like everyone's got someone like that, so do that. And also, if you like math, I'm unsure about these gifts, but I want to be faithful to the Lord. Or, yeah, I feel like the Lord is maybe doing this. Then come and speak to one of us as elders. Or we can pray for you. Or if you feel like, Lord, oh, math, I'm not sure about this, but this is what I think the Lord's given me. Then, then come and speak to us elders. We're not just going to give the mic to anyone in that, in that sense. We want to protect one another, but also we want to be a, a body that operates in all the gifts. So let's have five, ten minutes as we finish the service. If you want prayer for anything, then just call us out the front. Uh, but then after, we'll have time together as well. If you're able to stand, then let's, let's worship. <laughs>